Hello everyone, this is Double Rewind. Um, I am your host, Stephanie Young, with my other host, Jillian Young. I thought you were going to say co-host again and then get confused. I just don't like co-host. For some reason, I think it sounds inferior. I know it's not, but I don't know. I just... I think it. I think it's that if you're two people, you're both co-hosts. No, I understand. It's not like host but for some reason. In my mind, it's inferior. So I'm trying to mo- not make you inferior. All right. Even though you introduce it every single time, because I refuse. Um, so this is double rewind. Uh, the podcast where we revisit different entertainment, whether it's movies, TV. We haven't done music or books or anything yet, but we revisit it. Um, when we should have seen it a while ago. So Jillian will show me something I haven't seen. I'll show her something she hasn't seen. We'll go back in time and show each other those things. And with that, next week, we're going to be watching a movie that we both haven't seen. So this we'll episode announce that is, at the end. Yeah, this episode is Jillian showing me a movie. Sorry, I had to pull my phone away. I'm also drinking hot chocolate. Um, yeah, so this week was my pick for Stephanie. Um, if you didn't hear at the end of last week, I was going to have Stephanie watch He's Just Not That Into You. That's always such a mouthful <laughs> whenever I It's literally it. the same thing. I will say it the same as last week. It's the same thing as like, she's out of your league. It's it's the same thing of like all those movies. Forgetting that, Sarah Marshall. I don't know why. What those... to expect when you're not expecting. It's all like super long titles that are like, really it's... just unnecessary. Yeah, it's like Fallout Boy songs. Um, so because we're going to do He's Just Not That Into You, and that is a romantic comedy, um, we're going to do our top three romantic comedies for this week. If you haven't heard the podcast before, um, related to the topic of whatever we're speaking about, we do a top three of what each of us has. <clears throat> Sorry. So this week is romantic comedies. Um, so I guess I'll go first. You've gone first a few times. Um, okay, so top three romantic comedies. <sighs> This was a tough one. I'll say my honorable mention in the last one. You said this wasn't tough for you, right, though? Because you said you don't like rom-coms. So I came onto this, I came to Jillian's house and five minutes before we were recording, I was like, oh no, I forgot to do my top three. So I pulled three out of my pocket and I really do think it's probably my top three. <laughs> Your only three romantic Pretty comedies much. you like. Okay, so top three. My number three for rom-com is 500 Days of Summer. Low. <laughs> I knew you were going to be like, that is way too low. Um, I love 500 Days of Summer. I honestly think 500 Days of Summer, it's definitely a rom-com, but it hits you a little deeper than the other rom-coms because at the same time, to me, it's like a drama and like, there's just a lot going on that you feel internally in that movie. Um, so that's going to be my number three. Poster right yeah, back Stephanie here. is always behind the 500 Days of Summer poster. Um, it's a great, great film. Um, so that's going to be my number three. My number two is going to be The Proposal. That, I was watching that a little bit yesterday on TV. It's always on TV. I think I've rewatched it so many times. But this movie is so good that like when you and I saw it, we were amazed. And then I showed it to my brother because he was like, oh, I'm so bored. He didn't want to see it. And then we watched it and he was like, okay, that was really great. And that's when you know a rom-com is good when people of different audiences can love it. Um, the proposal is amazing with Sandra Bullock and um, Ryan Reynolds. So, so, so funny. It's My, always on TV. It's if you've always. ever not seen it, just turn on any channel at any time during the day of any season and it'll be on. But watch it fully or watch it without commercials. It's way better like that. My number one rom-com of all time, and I don't think this is going to change for a bit, is Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. When I saw it, you and I saw it when we were in high school and we went in thinking it was going to be stupid. We were just bored one day. It amazed me of how much it surprised me and how amazing it was with the pacing, the characters, just everything about it. It will forever be, unless something else comes out, my favorite rom-com of all time. It's so amazing. Nice. Yeah. I thought you were going to put She's the Man somewhere in No, there. that's we did that for sports movie, and that's also not one of... I would say these movies, in terms of rom-coms, are above She's the Man. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so my number three, I'm going to say, is The Girl Next Door. You haven't seen it. No, you, you, oh, you showed it to me. It. You had I me watch it. The Girl it was Next good. Door. I've only seen it once, but I remember watching it, and I was so upset that I didn't see it earlier. I think I saw it maybe like five years ago or so. It's underrated. It's so good. Yeah, it is good. It's so good. Um, yeah, so if anyone doesn't know, it's just about this guy who, this girl moves in next door and she's a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, And he's, of know, course, a nerdy It, it goes off like that. Um, okay, so my number two is, 
I don't think this is cheating because it was on a list of romantic comedies and it does have comedy in it, but it's a little more dramatic, okay. is About Time. Okay, yeah, you about love that time one. is one of the most underrated movies ever. And I the reason like I say that, drama. And the reason I say that is because so many people have not seen it. Or anyone who I talk to who I ask has not seen it. It makes me cry. It but, is so good. Wait, but is it really a rom-com? That's a yeah. drama. No, it's, it's a rom- funny. Yeah, it's he's funny and that has definitely okay. funny elements. Okay. But here's the thing is that I was thinking is that we think of rom-coms very much as, I don't know, like how to lose a guy in 10 days, like that kind yeah. of vibe. And we don't have to equate them to that vibe. It is a romantic not. comedy. There's romance and there's comedy. It just so happens there's also drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give about it to time. You. And then my number one is 500 Days of Summer. Okay. Because 500 Days of Summer was my favorite film of all time until three years ago when it was overtopped by Words on Bathroom Walls. Yeah. Which is another movie no one's seen. Highly Wait, so, recommend it. So Words on Bathroom Walls you like better than 500 yeah. Days of Summer. Wow. 500 Days of Summer is probably number two. So 500 Days of Summer has step. always been one of my favorite movies. I, I wrote a whole article on it in college about how it's more than a movie. And I went over like everything it touches on and... Yeah. You know what my honorable mention is that I feel like you wouldn't have thought of, but you love? What? My honorable mention is Just Go With It. Oh, yeah. Just Go With It is... <laughs> is That's one of... Is, Jennifer oh Aniston. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Adam Sandler. And I think it's one of Adam Sandler's... In ter- terms of my preferences, I laugh hysterically. I think it's one of his funniest. I think this movie's highly underrated, absolutely hysterical, and everyone needs to see it. I think it's underrated in the idea that everyone's seen it, but people aren't as excited about it as us. Yeah, I don't think they've found the humor as funny as us. We, I'm not saying we're different in any way, but I would say our humor, I feel like at least that I've noticed is a little different than like our friends and family in terms of what we find funny and what other people find funny. Just go with it. We found absolutely hysterical. I think it's my, it's my favorite Adam Sandler movie next to Anger Management. Yeah. You know what's also not an honorable mention? Um, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Oh, I watch that every summer. Oh my god. It's really good. That's hysterical. So yeah, those are our top three romantic comedies. We're definitely going to post about this, so let us know in the comments of Instagram or TikTok what your three favorite rom-coms are. All right, so let's get to this movie. Oh god, I'm scared. All right, so He's Just Not That Into You was a 2009 American romantic comedy drama film directed by Ken Quapis, so sorry if that's wrong, based on um, a novel, which was a 2004 self-help book of the same name. Um, I feel so bad about the author. So it was Greg Berent and Liz Tosilio. So sorry if that's wrong. But it was based on a book, which I didn't know until I Yeah, finished. it was a self-help book. Yeah. So a nonfiction book. Yeah. So basically the plot of it is... It is a Baltimore set movie that follows nine people and their varying romantic problems told in the structure of interconnecting story arcs, all dealing with the challenges of reading or misreading human behavior when it comes to the dating world. I wrote half of that. Okay. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Some of the IMDb stuff I didn't like, I was like, all right, I'll intertwine it. So this is a a star-studded cast. So the ensemble cast includes Ben Affleck, Jennifer Aniston, Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Connelly, Kevin Connelly, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer, or Jennifer Godwin, Goodwin, sorry, Scarlett Johansson, Chris... God. Chris Offerman. Yeah, this is Chris Offerman. Yeah, sorry. This is such a long list. And Justin Long. So the movie was produced by New Line Cinema and Flower Films, um, the production company owned by Barrymore, who is an executive producer. And when the the movie ended, and Drew Barrymore is in this too, yeah, I was like, oh, like she, I didn't know she produced it. I feel like she does a lot of stuff like that. She's really like a renaissance like woman. I'm really not well versed in... I mean, I've seen her, some of her movies. I'm just not well-versed in what she also involves with. So I couldn't tell you. Well, she's I doing a talk show now. Like, she does a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Before we get into discussion questions, we always like to get initial thoughts on the film. Um, Stephanie, well, before, before I ask you, people should know, like, I can talk more about it. But I loved this movie. So that's why I wanted to show it to Stephanie. Stephanie, what were your initial thoughts about going to- You're not going to talk about what you thought first? Oh, sure. I could do that. Okay, that's fine. Okay. So when I saw He's Just Not That Into You, um, it was- It was a homework assignment by my therapist to watch it and have some pizza. So I did it. 
Um, it was a little real that she had me watch this, which is funny, but I loved it. I honestly don't think this, this was the best time for this movie to come into my life personally. Um, so if you've seen it, I guess that tells you about me, but, um, I loved it. I thought the interconnecting stories were great. There were some stories that are um, better and more involved and just overall um, just greater stories in my opinion. But I also love the fact of they brought in random people throughout to like almost like an, an interview, like a camera interview of random people saying trials and tribulations of their relationships, which I found a hysterical like addition to the movie, bringing like real life into the actual movie. So I love this movie. I thought the cast was pretty great. Um, I was so happy by the end of it. And just shout out to Justin Long. I was obsessed with him in this movie. Um, so we'll get a little bit more into it. So Stephanie, what are your initial thoughts on this film? Um, so I thought this was actually the worst romantic comedy I've ever seen in my life. You suck. I'm sorry. You absolutely I, suck. I'm sorry. Like, okay, so I'm going to start this discussion by oh, saying no. anything that I say about the movie, I'm obviously never attacking you and saying like, oh, because you like this movie, like, I don't, oh, you know, you're terrible, you but suck. I'm just going to solely talk about the movie. But like, I really thought this was the worst romantic comedy I've ever seen. Why? Oh, I, I could I could just keep going on every story. There well, is... here's the thing. Let's also put in perspective, you don't like romantic comedies. So I think oh, that's yeah, also but... a thing that, that involves in like, if you don't like romantic comedies, I could see why you just wouldn't like this one. So the only reason I don't agree with that at all is because when no matter what genre the movie's in, if it's good, I will like it. It's it just, is good though. There's certain genres that I'm not as into because I just don't think a lot of submissions are great submissions in my opinion. But I really thought this was dreadful. Oh my god. Great. Well, well it's it, interesting conversation. Well, How fun is it if someone's like, oh, this is great, this is great, this, well, is, because, bad, this is bad. Well, because it would have been the surprise of my lifetime if you liked this movie. Oh, and that's so you why assumed I, was... I wasn't going to be huge on it. Because you're never huge on things that I enjoy. It's just the case. Uh, it's not because I seek it out. It's no, just it's because not I didn't like it, it. But like, okay, we'll get into discussion questions. But like, can you just give maybe very okay brief, brief reasons of why you didn't like yes. it? Yes, and I'm I'm trying to not be mean. Yeah, just be brief because we're gonna get more yeah, into so it. Yeah, so I I just thought that every character was so incredibly flat, and they just were so like stereotypically in a way that gave none of them depth and because they were just these stereotypes it was very uneventful and I thought it just kind of proved why I don't like romantic comedies usually because I just find the characters so like annoying and desperate and I also felt like Every situation they were trying to make into this movie, they were kind of trying to make us feel a certain way towards certain situations. And I felt the opposite because in a general sense, in a general, very general, I thought that the men were usually right in almost every situation compared to the women. Interesting. Which Wait, is but, terrible. But what, what, who was stereotyped, I guess. But before you say that, I want to say... Just because it's stereotypes, romantic comedies have those. It's but part what, of what to me is like, why? Like, why well, do you have to be so stereotypically like bad? Well, there are some movies that are like super serious romantic movies and like have a bigger theme to it, I guess. And then there are some movies that are comedies that are meant to just be like fun, playful, dumb type. Like, you know what I mean? Like stereotypes in some way. So I don't think that because this movie had stereotypes, it's bad. I just feel like... This is the that kind of vibe of romantic comedy that was. And I talked last time that there are varying degrees of romantic comedies, in my opinion. Maybe, like, 500 Days of Summer is a way different vibe than something like this. Maybe it's just my look on movies, but I never think anyone should make a movie and be like, I'm just going to make this fun and dumb. Well, who I'm is like, stereotype? What are you doing? What are the stereotypes? Make... So, oh my gosh, I have never seen a character, like, some, wow, okay. So... Scarlett Johansson's character was so offensive. I was like, this poor woman. Because I love Scarlett Johansson. She Her did the movie. was so offensive. It was ridiculous. She was literally like, her only plot was to be 
a homewrecker, and a big boobed blonde bimbo. I'm like, this poor woman. Well, don't say poor woman. She decided she wanted to do the movie. So I, I looked into this, looked into this, and everyone in this movie did not have the status they have today. So Scarlett Johansson okay. kind of probably did this movie because she's like, I gotta find jobs, I gotta do work. I guess. Poor woman. Literally, this was offensive the way she was treated in this movie. Um, I guess I don't look so deep into it when I, I guess watch these Bradley movies. Bradley Cooper, um, I mean, he was, it was so lazy, his writing, because it's so obvious to hate him because he's a cheater. And to me, that's so boring, is you're literally just making him so easily hate, hated. And to me, that's just boring and lazy. But here's where I kind of disagree, is like, I'm not saying that he wasn't a hated character, but you have to understand that like, they're in their relationship they've been together for a really long time when couples have been together for a really long time sometimes things start to not connect anymore and i feel like in some ways it, i thought it was realistic that his wife's character kind of at the same time blamed herself even though she shouldn't but the way in which like romantic or i guess married couples like as time goes on there's a lot of different things that are going on in their life and maybe they didn't show it too deeply in this movie but I feel like there's more to why he cheated, not that he should. But I'm saying, like, I feel like you're looking at everything very top level. Yeah, because, but why wouldn't they show us that for me to care? Well, they like, do kind of okay, show this it. This movie is two hours and ten minutes. You're telling me you couldn't deeply show me anything well, in there's two a lot hours of, and ten minutes? Well, there, when there's movies about interconnecting stories, everyone only gets a certain amount of screen time. Then you, so you, then you, have, to, then you have to cut the cast. If you want to make a good movie and you're going to make it that long, cut like two couples and like actually make it good. Well, Crazy Stupid Love does this type of vibe there's in only the best three way couples, possible. though, in that well, movie. I guess that's, well... No, there's more that I feel like there's a there's like three main ones, but there's a lot of moving parts. So I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but Okay. I every single character in this movie was absolutely dreadful except for Ben Affleck was a victim in this movie. Every time someone writes a good review on this movie, he should get paid $2,000. Poor he was a victim in this movie. Why? As an actor and a character. What was wrong with his character? His character, that's the only thing. He was the only character that like was okay and he was a good character he said from the very beginning to jennifer anderson's character marriage is not my thing i don't want to do it and she refused to accept that and tried to continue life trying to change his point of view she, when he she, was can you let me when he was dead set on like he did not want to marry and finally at the end of the movie when she accepted look like i understand you might not want to and that's okay that's the time when he was like wow, I actually think I like this woman because she finally understood what I've been saying the whole time and accepted okay, me for who I was. You're actually wrong, though, because her character, of course, like, in relationships, there are things that you, there's compromise. And I've Not listened, Stephanie, to let me finish. Let me finish. There's compromise. And she, at the same time, even though this is something that she wanted, she loved him very dearly. And she was willing to compromise that. Until she decided that she wasn't ready to compromise that. And that's when she left the relationship. Her character is written very well because it's very realistic that when you love someone, you look beyond, with your blinders, things that you need to compromise on. And when she realized, I actually can't compromise on this, she decided to exit the relationship. So the only thing I'll say is I totally believe that, yes, you should have compromise in a relationship. But when someone comes to you with something so big, whether it's I don't want to get married or I don't want kids or something. I know, and she you did let, accept can you, it. Can you let me finish? You, when but you, you're talking when over you, me too. When you say, like, I don't want to get married or I don't want kids, that is something you go into a relationship and you can't be like, oh, I guess we'll compromise until I don't want to So you're compromise. saying minds can't change in a relationship. No, it can. Because her mind but, did change. But when it comes to something that big, that is a really big I get it, defining but her... factor of a relationship, you can't then expect someone to eventually change that when it's something so big. And Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. But okay, that's so I'm thing. not wrong. No, I no, I'm not opinion. saying I'm not saying you're completely right or wrong. I'm just saying that she was okay with compromising it. That's why she stayed in the relationship. I don't and then she decided she wasn't okay with it, and that's when she left. She obviously people people can change their minds later, and even if it's something big, let's say she agreed at first. Okay, that's fine. 
she's still allowed to change her mind even if they've been together for that long. It's her life. The only, the only last thing I'll say is that from the very beginning that we meet her, we are told that she loves marriage and wants a marriage. And that's the first thing we're given of her. So that's well, my you're idea. Seeing that towards the end of where but she's starting to change her mind. But if that's all you're going to show me, that is how I'm going to look at her if that's the only thing you're going to show me. I don't think you're understanding the bigger picture, but we're just going to get into the discussion questions. So how do you feel about movies with a list of a star-studded cast? Do you think that they take away from the movie or do you think it adds a better element to a movie? And then in general, um, how do you feel about them from a romantic comedy perspective? So I think I'm kind of mixed on star-studded casts. I think in this one, it kind of was star-studded, but again, it's not as if they were putting all these people in a 2023 movie because that would be like, oh my God, like look at all these people. They weren't as big, but... Sometimes I feel like it's a gimmick to get people to go to the movie if there's a lot of famous people in it, which I get it. The movie business is about making money. It's not necessarily the way, I mean, I'm a, so I love movies, so I would much rather see like quality rather than making money, but that's not how the industry works. So I'm kind of mixed on it. If you have a star-studded cast and the reason they're star-studded is because you're putting in this movie with these characters that need great actors with great performances to really sell this movie, then yes, I would agree with that. But if it feels like when I'm watching it, you're only adding them to get names for a movie, then I feel like it's not as good. But so I guess for this movie though, do you think it took away from anything? Did you think it added anything? Because I don't think a lot of, I mean, these people were all famous, but I feel like some of them, for example, like Scarlett Johansson, I feel like wasn't as big as she is now. Like, do you think it, it was just neutral or do you think the bigger cast added to this movie? Did it take away from this movie? So logistically, if I'm looking at it, I can't imagine if you had this cast and then you created this exact same movie with a cast of lessers, like, the script is the exact same for me, so I don't know if it would... I feel like because these people are talented, yes, I guess they were able to add a little bit more to their character, but I really think that all of these actors who are very good were given a pile of nothing to work with, in my opinion, so I, I don't know if it really added much. I feel like this might be a question at the very end, because um, I'm curious, but... Well, okay. can I answer, I answer the next part in regarding a romantic comedy perspective? Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, I kind of made it more of like, how does it work with this movie? I don't know. I think when it, if I'm looking at my favorite romantic comedies, which was The Girl Next Door is two people who are nobodies, About Time, which is, um, wow, um, Rachel McAdams and Don Hall Gleason, they're decently big and then five hundred days of summer when these two weren't that big so i really think it doesn't make a difference necessarily it's all about how it's written yeah okay well i guess i meant more of like when there's a ton of known people in a movie but i can well, i kind of well, understand what you have said so i think that's the same fun. writer who did this did valentine's day and it's the same thing well valentine's, valentine's day is, is awful too. though I this, mean, I think well, this it one, has a star-studded cast too, but to me that doesn't add anything because the script but Val is so bad. Valentine's Day more relates to let's put everything around this holiday, whereas this movie more puts it, let's take, a, uh, take these characters and put it around a common idea that a lot of people experience. So I think like it was different in this movie because it's more towards like a theme that people struggle with rather than, oh, it's just a day. So no, I think that's right. what differentiates them a little bit. But okay, so that makes sense. Um... Just quickly about mine, I just feel like, um, I don't necessarily think it takes it away or adds to a movie. I do think sometimes if there's too many people that I know of, I think of them as actors rather than playing the characters. So I would say in some ways, I think big casts in certain movies like really takes me out of the experience. Sometimes seeing a lot of unknown people and seeing their emotions in a movie makes me relate to it more. Um, but okay, so... What do you think makes a successful romantic comedy film? And did this movie have any of those elements or did it lack any of those elements? So I'm just going to say, I, I personally don't think it has any of the elements that make up a good one in my opinion, but I'll go what I think is successful romantic comedy. I think it's really, it's when you're, you're not trying to, 
a, a movie to me that's just not super cliche, but also a movie that's not saying like, here's the cliches and I'm going to be so incredibly different and making fun of those cliches that I feel like both are trying too hard. I really think it's when you are like, okay, I'm going to create this script. It's going to have romance and it's going to have comedy in it, but it's really going to make the audience feel in some sort of way where you where you are actually like laughing and crying and you're just trying to create a story that means something. I think the reason romantic comedies I'm not huge on is because I think a lot of them try to just be, okay, let's be funny, let's be quirky and tell an, an entertaining story. But my favorite movies are ones that really make me feel and I kind of look at and have this new perspective on some bigger situation or something like that. And I feel like a lot of romantic comedies are trying to just be fun and they don't realize that you can be funny and romantic, but also be really hard hitting. I feel like though, I disagree a little bit about that because I even think movies like this where it's kind of like crazy and exaggerated and stereotyped, when you get towards the end, you get the deeper theme of the movie. And I think when you look at romantic comedies that are kind of like this one, of course there's a lot of like stereotypes and there's like crazy funny stuff happening, but you do get to the root of what it's trying to say by the end. And I like that experience of going through something that's super funny and crazy, but then by the end you're like, but these characters are relatable, even with their situation. So I feel like with a lot of romantic comedies, it still gets the point across of something that we're all relating to by the end. Like even Just Go With It does it. That movie is crazy and exaggerated, but by the end, you really feel the theme and emotions that are so you're supposed to feel through the characters. So I think it's funny that you kind of mentioned like getting to the root of the meaning of the movie, because for some reason, I thought this movie was... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sorry. It's, it's, uh, contradictory in a sense, because I actually wrote this down, but she has a quote in the end that she's trying to say where she says, maybe a happy ending doesn't include a guy. Maybe it's you on your own, picking up the pieces and starting over, freeing yourself up for something better in the future. Maybe the happy ending is just moving on. I agree with that, but she's only saying that because she got the man. That's not, I wouldn't say that's true. I'm Do you know saying how, the only no, reason she's happy is because she got the man, which to me is so upsetting to watch. Yeah, but do you realize they, they also, they put that into perspective of the whole thing. Like with the divorced, with the divorced um, Bradley Cooper and his wife, like that quote really relates to that situation. No, I understand. But, I just think because she's narrating it, she's all of a sudden like all knowledgeable now when... She would have never said that if she didn't get Justin Long in the end. But she she went through the journey of having to do all of that. And at some point, it worked out for her in the end. But it took her a lot of things to realize about herself. Like, she got even, like, she, of course, was a little, like, guy crazy, I feel like. But at the, by, like, the time when she got mad at Justin Long's character, like, she was kind of like, this is bullshit. Like, I'm not dealing with this. And I feel like those changes are kind of what comes out of a quote like that. I don't think it was just because she got the man in the end. Well, it, it made me think of this movie, which is some a movie we love. Um, it's Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. Or in, Great the film. End, or in the end, she's just like, I don't have to care about how my hair looks or if I'm perfect every day <laughs> because I have, and she literally a says, a sex, sex god, god boyfriend. boyfriend. The only reason this girl is happy with herself is because she's dating Aaron Taylor Johnson at the end. And would I'm you like, not be happy? I'm I would like, be happy. I'm like, I'm like, girl, like, I love this movie. It's funny. But the, your ending quote is just making me laugh because the only reason you're confident now is because you're dating Aaron Taylor Johnson. But do you blame her? No. I just think it's fu so it is funny. I love that movie. It but is it funny. It gave me the same idea. I'm like, yeah, what you're saying is totally valid, but you're only saying it because you're happy because you, you and got I, the guy. You and I always make fun at the end of that movie because when she says that, you're like, well, of course you're happy. Like, you have Aaron Taylor Johnson. No, I wouldn't even say so his crime. I I'm feel like waiting these two movies because, like, it, I think this one's the same little, idea for me. I think that one's a little more ridiculous towards the end, but it is a great film. Definitely, definitely watch that one. Um, Aaron Tyler Johnson is amazing. Um, so, okay. Next question. Which storyline do you think was the strongest and which one did you think was, I guess, the worst, I guess? Okay, so. And why? I, 
I hated the main character, Gigi. I thought she was the most desperate, annoying character in the entire world. She's supposed to be. If a guy would look at her, she'd be like, that's the guy for me. She had no type. She had no standards. And it was like really Well, her type was a man with a beating heart. Yeah, which is... (laughs) You're supposed to make me care about this romantic comedy when the, the it's soul, supposed to be the funny. soul looker of this of this movie. I think you need to t- take girl. a little step back and no, realize, like, like, we don't I have wanna... to analyze this from a cinematic lens. I'm not analyzing from cinematic lens. I'm just saying this woman is so desperate; it's hard to even watch this movie. She's so bad. Well, that's what makes that what's ma- that is what makes Justin Long's character so fucking funny. But see, I liked Justin Long a lot. I was like, okay, the things he's saying is very valid, but I'm like, oh my God, in the end of this movie, he's going to fall for the worst person in this entire movie. And it made me hate him at the end. Do you know that he literally fooled me? I was in the middle of that movie. You know, when she's like, I feel like he's giving me the signs. I also thought he was giving her the signs. Oh, I knew he wasn't giving her any signs. (laughs) But like, but that's the thing is what I loved about that is like, you could kind of see as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, he's definitely going to end up falling for her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these signs are things that people pick up on in real life and think it's something. So that was really relatable where it's like, she, she I don't know, like he was giving these type of hints that I feel like girls look for sometimes. Can you tell and that's me what those they, hints were? Well, I actually, when, for example, like when he's like, you're going to meet my friend, whatever, Bill, and he shows up alone and he's like, so Bill's not here. Like, I could see how a girl could take that as, oh, well, like, maybe he wanted to come here with me. He just didn't know how to ask. So he kind of set that type of thing up. It's convoluted in a girl's brain, but we do it. But it's so... It's funny to me because... A guy would never, like, I feel like guys are a lot more straightforward and not overthinkers. Yeah, that's Where he the thing. would never in his mind be like, you know, I'm going to tell her Bill's going to be here and then he's not going to be there. So it's this. And I feel like if you just realize that you kind of have to take things at face value when it, when it comes, comes to a to man. Men, in this movie, even especially. No, in I'm in like, life. he's not giving her signs. He's just thinking logically. You are actually very, very right in the sense that guys don't, the way girls overthink, guys don't, guys do overthink, but not in the way where we do. We're we're all wired differently. We're wired differently. But like, I would say you have to take things at face value because most guys aren't thinking, well, if I do this, then this will happen. And then she'll think this. And then that's, this web doesn't apply as much to men as it does to women. Because they're just like, I don't have the time to do all they that. Don't, they're just they like, also I'm just going to be straightforward. I feel like they also like, they're, they are a little clueless sometimes. Men and women are definitely both clueless. But I will say sometimes when it comes to guys, like when girls like them or trying to show it, they don't get it. They don't understand it. I just feel like guys don't really play games. Like they just Oh, don't. they play games. Not as much I think I think what I'm saying is like they they maybe don't they don't they're just like it's so much work to play these games that I'm just gonna be more straightforward and say what I actually mean. You know what? What possibly they, I'm Here's just making thing. general statements. Yeah, general especially statements. in this movie too. I feel like they don't play games, they unknowingly do stuff that women will take a different way, but they don't know that they did it in that way. Well, that kind of goes back to just being wired differently. Yeah. Yeah, we're um, all wired differently. Yeah. But so I, think, this- I think it's funny how now it gets into, like, woven into actual, like, relationship talk, which I feel like is good that this movie is at least bringing these type of conversations out. I also, I had a really, like, I was cringing. I had a big problem with, okay, so Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Conley, and... um. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. So when Jennifer Conley finds out that Bradley Cooper's been cheating on her, because he tells her, yeah, um, she wants to kind of make it work because they're married, and he's just like, okay, I guess we'll make it work. Even though you can kind of get the sense he kind of wish she'd flip out, so he'd kind of yeah. just be out of it. Yeah, yeah. So the next thing she does after being cheated on is coming to his office and like taking off all her clothes and like making him like want her in that way. I'm like, oh my gosh, like. I feel like this character is so weak that she's like, my husband is like not Wait a second. Can you let me finish? Don't call someone weak for that. That's a little much. No, because she, no, because people have feelings. I'm talking about this character. I can say a fake character is weak. She comes to him and is trying to like make him like sexually attracted to her. And I'm just like, 
he just cheated on you, did a terrible thing. He vowed to be with you, did this terrible thing. And then you're going to try to like want him, want your body and only your body. I'm like, oh, this, it's is, not this is just rubbing me the wrong way. I think it's, I think you, you're looking at everything very logically, which makes sense. But when people are actually in situations like this, their emotions allow them to do different things. So I, logically, we can look at these characters and be like, you shouldn't have done that. But I feel like you're also not understanding, like, people have emotions and they act on emotions even if it's not logical. I just think when it comes to this movie, because it's based on a self-help book, it's supposed to give you advice that well, you've never read the book, kind of so. going to try to help you. Well, I'm going through the movie script. It's kind of like this narrator who's going through all these things. She's learning a lot. And by the end, she kind of comes to a realization. So I feel like, I don't know, that that rubbed me the wrong way. But the part that I did like is I like Ben Affleck. I liked him in this movie because I thought he was a victim in that he was always straightforward. He was so straightforward, never minced words. And Jennifer Aniston's character was like putting herself in a tizzy, being like, oh, he doesn't want this. I'm going to leave him. She was like doing a whirlwind hurricane on the side while he was just like content and being like, I told her from the beginning, this is what I thought. Then finally she comes around. But I feel like he was a victim in this movie. He was the most straightforward, level-headed character. I will I agree. felt bad for him. I will agree. But the only thing that I hated that he did was when they talked a little bit about marriage in the beginning. He basically was like, this is why marriage isn't great. I don't think that that was a way to approach it. I think it's fine to be like, I don't want to get married and this is why. But he was trying to convince her like, you know, why do... People have to have like a piece of paper that says all this. And basically, I didn't like the way he was basically, it's okay to say you don't want marriage, but trying to convince her that like marriage isn't something that is like that great. And I don't, that's the only thing I didn't like that he did. Like, it's okay that you don't like it, but don't as a general sense be like, well, it's just not like, you know I mean, what I, I mean? I guess he was just given his opinion. Well, yeah, but I think he tried to convince her of like why she shouldn't want it in some ways. But anyway, okay, so last question. Do you think romantic comedies can be, be perceived, here, I'll try to explain this. Do you think romantic comedies can be perceived better or worse or more enjoyable or not, depending on when someone watches it in their life? So as an example, let's say, no, I understand what you're like, saying because you said that this one was well, a good Well, but one for, for example, you. 500 Days of Summer. I was going to go over that. 500 Days of Summer, I watched for the first time when I think it was prior to any, I've never, I'd never had a relationship at that point. And then I watched it after a breakup and I love the movie. I love the movie both times, but this movie hit way harder after that. And I think at least in my opinion, I think movies, romantic comedies and romantic movies can be better or worse perceived more enjoyable or not, depending on where you are as well, if you're trying to relate to it. I think in a general sense, I, I don't think I'd ever see a movie and be like, you know, I really didn't like this and then watch it at a time when it is relatable to me and be like, wow, now I like this movie. Because when I look at movies, if it's if it's good, it's good. If it's not good, it's not good. But there is a sense of when I saw Five Hundred Days of Summer for the first time, um, I had a very, very general sense of romantic comedies and I saw something very different in this movie. And I didn't like it more or less. I was just very, wow, this is this is amazing. And then I watched it later in life. And obviously, when you get older, you start experiencing more. And I could be like, oh, wow, I actually kind of relate to what they're saying. I think I related, but I didn't necessarily like it better because I just already loved it in general. Maybe enjoy isn't the right word. Do you feel like you got a little bit more out of oh, it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, you can, that's get, sure you can get more out of movies in different stages of your life. I think in a general sense, I'm going to still maintain my likeness or not likeness of a movie. Um, I'm trying to think of an example because I'm sure there is a movie that I've seen. I feel like when I saw this movie, uh, Five Days of Summer, I think I saw it when I was 14. And okay. what I get more from Five Days of Summer is I really get the idea of like fate and things will happen in like a predestined way. Like I I believe in free will, but there was a part of this movie where he goes through all of this and then at the end he meets this girl that he would never have met 
because he goes to this job that he was never going to be part of because he was working at a card company and all that. And then he sees her and he's, she's like, oh, my name's Autumn. And he was in the right place at the right time because of the terrible whirlwind he went with Summer. Yeah. And it begins his, like, it shows day one. And I'm like, wow, it can really go where you can go through this really difficult part in your life and eventually it'll lead to exactly where you're supposed to be to have that happy part in your life. And I'm like... That is a great... I love that message. I have never seen that in a movie. And I feel like sometimes romantic comedies, like movies don't have to hit you because you relate to them, but it should make... it. They should hit you because it hits you because it's just so good and it has something to say. Yeah, that is... I've always feel teary-eyed at the end of that movie every single time because I do agree with you there is free will but to know that someone could go through so much pain that then brings them to where they're supposed to be I have always loved that that's why that's why I got that that the tattoo I have is like it it's I doubt anyone could see it we're probably never going to show this part but it's poo and piglet (laughs) and there's a 500 because to me is like the five his 500 days of like struggle he went through then led to something better in his life that not only did he have like his job in order and things that he was passionate about, but now he probably might have a newfound love. And Damn, I gotta uh, watch this movie again. Uh, <laughs> it's why it was just my favorite movie. I think it's just brilliant. I feel like these themes, I need to watch this movie again. Um, okay, so really quick, the trivia and goofs are pretty quick, but before we just get to that, we're gonna do the box office. So this did get mixed reviews from critics. It had a $40 million budget, but grossed 178.9 million. So that is a success. Definitely doubled the the budget that it had. So it was a it was a I'd say it was a success in the box office. I guess I don't think it would be in today's standards. Maybe it was in 2009. But like if a movie is made for 40 and it only made 178 in all, I don't think it's considered successful now. That's over 3 times the the budget. I know. I don't know. Don't quote me, but math. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'm Uh, just saying the Maze Runner is made for 30 and it made 359 million. That's because all the tweens who read the book are seeing it. It's a different market. It's because the Maze Runner is a brilliant film and Wes Ball is a genius. All right. So, um, all right. So let's get to some trivia. So there weren't like a lot of trivia and goofs about this movie. So if they if these are a little boring, I really tried to pick the best ones. Um, so the co-author of the novel um, played the minister at Paige's wedding. That reminded me about how Jenny Han was at the the um, what is it called in the uh, the summer I turned pretty when she was at the uh, oh yeah they the, have like director and writer cameos. Yeah, I think those are fun. always cute. But Who's so Paige? he played the because minister. These people were just the actors in my mind. Oh God, there are so many people. I don't, Paige, I don't even was. remember. Well, Paige's wedding. It must oh, have been probably uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's Aniston. yeah. sister. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Okay. So then Gigi Phillips, who was the narrator character's name, who was played by Jennifer Goodwin, was named after Mark Silverstein's wife, Busy Phillips, and her baby blanket, Gigi. So he took the first name of his wife's blanket and the last name of his wife to make the character's name Gigi Phillips. I am so confused by that statement. <laughs> so, okay. So he okay, has so a Okay, so Mark wife. is a know? writer's wife. Yeah, Busy Is his Phillips. wife Busy Phillips? Yes. Okay, so his wife is Busy Phillips. That's what I, don't I know. said. The way it was written, I, I just saw a jumble of just word vomit, and right. I didn't understand That's it. what I okay, said. I understand now. Interesting. I think it's funny when people name characters after, like, things in their life. So that's I just have a, a baby funny. blanket. Yeah, we know. I actually saw a movie today, or Love is Blind, where she brings out yes. a blanket. Oh my gosh, and and it was, was like, all twisted. And it was and all like, gross. Baby Stephanie literally has a blanket that she's kept since she was little, and it's fucking gross now, but she still keeps it, and I think you should be friends with that girl. Um, she has her priorities straight. Oh my god. Okay, so when Gen- Jennifer, when Gigi is home and her phone rings, the movie she is watching is Some Kind of Wonderful. Also about relationships and the complications the characters entail. When I saw that, I was kind of like, I would have liked it better if she was just watching some random movie. Why does oh, so the movie's trying all... to be all meta? Yeah, exactly. You're so like... original. I know. I was like, what if she was just watching something that was like contradictory to the movie? I feel she like that would have been watching funnier. like a slasher where they had to rate the movie R because they showed the the scene in a slasher movie that's R, so they had to make this movie R. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, I saw that trivia fact and I was like, 
Yeah, no, I would have liked it better. This was shipped to theaters under the code name Boy Trouble. I'm I sure, it, hated I'm sure that. it made men flock to the theater. I'm sure it was a great marketing technique. Well, I, I obviously they didn't use that name, but that's also such a lazy name. I think he's just not that into you, even though it's long, I feel like is a better name for the movie than Boy Trouble. Sure. Boy Trouble sounds like it should be like a middle school film, but all right. So Jennifer Aniston has 20 minutes of screen time in this film while Jennifer Connelly has 25. I think it was just kind of trying to say like, there are so many characters and so many things that like there's each actor probably only had to show up to set for a limited time because there were so many stories that they had to get through. And no depth. It's not like they're all waiting around. It's like, all right, no, you're in set for yeah, a week. Yeah, they probably like never good. met each other. Yeah, some, I mean, that happens in, do you know in like Stranger Things? Like, of course you don't watch it, but. I watched there, the first season. There's different groups in the later seasons and like they don't even film on the same days. They don't even see each other. Oh my God, you know what was funny? I saw this interview. So you know when, um, oh, what movie was it? It was, it was, uh. All right, remember. we're wasting time. Oh, it was for Strange Strange World, the Disney movie. Okay. So the people who do the voices is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid. Okay. And so oh, yeah. they said I in an interview, Den uh, they were like, oh, when you guys were in a movie together, J and, and he was just like, he's like, what? And they're like, the day after tomorrow. And the reason he forgot is because they never have scenes yes, together. Yes, they do at the end. At the end. And the beginning. The beginning and yeah, the end. Yeah, the beginning and the end. They probably showed up to, to set a few days. Yeah. And that so was he it. literally forgot. And I'm like, wow, that really puts into perspective. Sometimes you just do not see your co-stars. Yeah. So last one, when Connor shows Anna the house, she's, so Connor is the yes, guy I that know. wants to is, is Anna's He's Jennifer. from Entourage, I heard. Yeah, I think he is. So, but it, uh, and, oh my God, Anna was Scarlett Johansson and then yeah. the guy who liked her. So when Connor shows Anna the house, she's excited about the, the pull-out ironing board. This is a reference to Scarlett Johansson's character who does the same thing in Ghost World. I've never seen Ghost World, but I didn't know if you did, so I added it in. No, but I'm pretty sure to that, I'm, I'm pretty sure whoever saw Ghost World is probably not the same clientele as this movie so i don't know if it would matter yeah i don't either but that was the last one so quick goofs so there actually wasn't a lot of goofs so like kudos to like this movie for not like fucking up a lot so beth's cousin says she's beth's cousin says it's too bad that cousins cannot marry but in the state of maryland where this is set first cousins can get married ew, ew. gross but couldn't they have, like, realized No, that? I think they didn't look it up because they're just like, what state would, would be so that? convoluted to do something like that? I, I guess Maryland. Don't, I almost don't fault them for not looking it up because, like, who would think? I'm, I'm a, on the East Coast, too. You'd think these East Coast states are, like, better than that. You'd think it would be more in the South. Um, okay, so in Gigi's yoga class, the instructor tells them to go into upward-facing dog, but they go into cobra. That's so lazy. Upward Cobra, like, okay, I'm sorry. Upward facing dog. I know what that looks like. And I know what Cobra looks like. And they're the same thing. Are you sure? Then why are they called different things? I don't know. Maybe someone like, like you was the person who was doing this film because they don't know the difference. But like, I've seen, I don't know the the difference I've seen both. Maybe I'm just visualizing them, but like, it's close to the same pose. Well, it's not identical. You got all these yoga snobs that are probably like, that's not Oh, yeah, I'm sure someone will be like, oh, well, this one, you lift your arm a half inch taller. Like, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so when Jennifer Goodwin and Justin Long... Oh, right before... The only thing I wanted to say, I was going to ask you if you like Justin Long's character. You said you did. I want to say he was the best part of the film. I loved I liked him and then so I hated much. him at the end for choosing her. <sighs> I lost all respect. Loved him. Love him. Love him. Okay, so when Jennifer Goodwin and Justin Long are standing in, in G... Gigi's doorway. Oh my god. J Justin Long is standing in the hall as they speak. One shot, she is standing in the doorway. The next shot, she's out of the hall. Then the next day, the next one, she's in the doorway. And then the scene is over. I didn't notice that, but I can kind of, looking back, it's probably what happened. How hard is that just to have someone stand at their mark? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that is strange. Um, okay, last one. So in the scene where Anna meets Ben in his office, so that's Scarlett Johansson and Bradley Cooper. Excuse me. The scene starts with daylight coming in through the office windows. At the end of the conversation, only darkness can be seen through the windows. I did notice that. I'm like, was she in there for a full day? I mean, I guess maybe you could say it's like 
you know, when the sun goes down at like 5.11, like maybe she got to his office at like 5.05 and by the time they were five minutes in, it went down. I was like, wow, she was in there for a while. So I did notice that one, like the Twinkies in Zombieland. Okay. So we're going to rate it 10 out of 10, or we're going to rate the film out of 10. What would you give He's Just Not That Into You? Um, Solely for Ben Affleck, I'd give it a two. Not Justin Long? A two out of ten. If he wasn't in it, it would be a zero out of ten. Justin Long is so funny. I hate when people say they don't know who he is. I like to... I feel like everyone knows Justin Long. You'd think. I've met three people who don't know... Who didn't know who Justin Long was in the last six months. I feel like if you showed people... It might be one of those things where you show them a picture and they're like, Oh, yeah, I know him. No. I don't know him. It was very sad. It was a sad moment. So, like... No, I'm gonna give it... I'm gonna give it a one. Okay. It's a one. Ben Affleck gives it a one. Okay, Justin Long is great. So... What do you give it? Um... You rated a four out of five. So what, like an eight? Mm. I think, well, that's why I hate doing four out of five, because you can't be as, like... Well, you can do it out of ten. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to do it out of ten. I'd say it's, like, a seven and a half out of ten. I did enjoy it. I thought it was funny. Um, I love Justin Long's character. Um, and I was eating pizza during it. It was just a great, a great time. So I feel like the experience made it for me as well. Um Awesome. So that is it for our episode. I feel like we got so deep into all of these type of themes, Um, but we're going to kind of reveal what we're going to watch next week. This is going to be something that both Stephanie and I have not seen a really quick because I keep forgetting to do this. I just want to say that friend of the show, Glenn, wanted to say, wanted us to speak on Interstellar, but we're not going to speak on it, but just want to say that Interstellar was a great movie. He really has been waiting for this shout out for a while. So friend of the show. Can I say something at the very end here? I totally forgot the last like four weeks to talk about South by Southwest. I just want to say what the movies I saw were. So I went to the South, I went to the South by Southwest festival and I was able to see seven movies I saw um, Talk to Me, I saw Bottoms, I saw Late Night with the Devil, I saw Bloody Hell, I saw Brooklyn 45, and I forget the others. Wow. No, that's awesome. Yeah, so I got to go, I saw all these movies. The ones you should all be looking out for were my two favorites, which was Talk to Me. It's a horror movie written by two Australian twins, and it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. The other one was Bottoms, which stars Rachel Sennett. And um, I don't remember her name, but she's the girl from uh, The Bear. Bear. Um, And it is the most outrageous, funny, fantastical comedy I have seen in a really long time. Was that scary movie better than Barbarian? I already know the answer. It was definitely scarier to me. Uh, But was it better? I don't don't know. It's not. You're putting me on the spot. Barbarian is the best horror movie I've ever seen. Anyway. Oh, and I saw a lovely photo. Great. Great photo, lovely life. All right, cool. Awesome. HBO documentary. People don't know what the hell you're saying because these movies haven't come out yet. Then maybe when they will. So next week, Stephanie and I are going to be watching Jurassic Park, which we have never seen. Have you seen any of the... No, I've only seen Jurassic World, the one with Nick Robinson in it because I love Nick Robinson. So I've only seen the second Jurassic World. Why? Because I didn't see the first one and I just went to go see the second one. I've seen the first one and didn't care about seeing the second one. So I have... Yeah, I haven't seen Jurassic Park. Um, I have not either. I think the reason is just lack of interest. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a huge movie, and I don't know. The the most I know about it is the references they make in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. That's as much as I know about it. <laughs> yeah, because they go on, like, the ATV Jurassic All Park I know is that they tour. say, like, that's a big pile of shit. And all The only reason I know <laughs> that is because of Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Great rom-com. Um, so, yeah, next week we'll be doing Jurassic Park. If you want to see the movie, and it's like I'm saying, if you want to see the movie, like everyone hasn't seen it, we're probably like the only people that haven't seen Jurassic Park. But stay tuned for that episode next week. So um, that's our show for today. I hope everyone enjoyed and we will see you next or in the next two weeks. So sorry, we're bi-weekly with Jurassic Park. Bye.